Um, so how's things? Things are alright. How about you? Pretty good. Um, do we introduce the show? We introduce and we clap usually too. Is this your right. first time being on the show? It is not my <laughs> first time. <laughs> However, um, man, it's it's like everything. It's like things change every five minutes around these parts. How's that? I don't know. It just feels. It always feels so different. Like I'm back recording at home, which is hilarious because I got to run around and turn off all the noise. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, you're at, you're at home now. You're not at work. That's correct. I'm back to normal shift, which thank the fucking god. Yeah. Oh, so in the morning, not at night, then yeah. Yeah, That's night shift was absolutely killing me. I can imagine. Yeah. I mean, it was it was no it was not bad. It was just like you just there's this balance of you can get more done but you really can't because you lose energy you lose motivation you like you know you're doing a single task and there's no like when when you're working with other people there's like ambient motivation you know you are in a room with other people or you're in a building with other people And so it's not like there's, um, it's not exactly like the social pressure of you got to be, people have to see you working, but it sort of is like that. There's like this inherent, does that make sense? There's this inherent thing there. Whereas when I'm alone in a building by myself, I I just felt like I wasn't hustling as much, but it also is probably because it it was like every single day it was like I was on my second shift, so I was tired. Hmm. It was it was interesting. Yeah, I guess I don't know. Maybe there's if you're working alone or at night, maybe there's kind of more of a I don't know like a pride thing because you want to leave a good situation for the people coming in, in the morning. So totally. It's, it's you're 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 accountable to yourself more than anything. So maybe you're just harder on yourself. Whereas when you're working during the day with people, they can see uh-huh. you working. So maybe you just work enough so that they not you personally, but maybe people work enough just to, you know, prove to people that they're working. You know. I feel like I'm the opposite, um, but there there's two things here. We are definitely very different people you and i but in addition to that i think that you and i are both actually really hard workers and i think through this whole thing i found that you know i should say this whole thing there's no context for anyone listening to this in the future COVID 19 you know pandemic through this whole bullshit you really feel like you know who the who the people who don't really fucking want to work are. You totally see it. You know, it's so evident who doesn't want to work. And maybe you don't have that situation with your workplace, but there are people who have stepped up and who are extra productive at, in my workplace. And there are people who have kind of dwindled and just done seemingly nothing in this and then there are the people who have quit and even though it was offered as a temporary reprieve to 
stay out of the line of fire, if you had people at home who were more susceptible to um, something like this, a lot of those people, none of those people have come back. None, not, not one of them, for, for us at least. So it's really strange to me, you know, uh, it comes down to some of these people are just making so much money on unemployment, they don't, they don't want to go back to work. So it's it's fascinating. Well, yeah, but I mean that that also that's also a testament to how little people make in like normally as it is. If if uh, the bump that they gave everyone for emergency costs and COVID, uh, you know, related layoffs, it's not a testament to like oh people will just do nothing for money. It's like oh I can make more money than I was making at my actual job, and not have to rush back in, into you know the 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 danger zone unfortunately i I don't think anyone's going to view it as like oh we should you know across the board raise wages yeah i i mean you're not wrong i i do think that we should i don't know inflation is always a really difficult subject to kind of tackle i think um i i always like as a child not as a child but like when i started learning about currency you know, and I started really... As a child, when you were learning about currency, yes, go on. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> As a child, when I was learning about currency, I always thought, you know, they talked about inflation, and they, uh, I always thought, like, all right, well, why isn't just, why don't you just lop a zero off? You know? Like, you wake up the next day, you, you know, January 1st is like, oh, things cost 30 cents again, instead of $3. So... You know, I understand that's not how it works, but <laughs> it's fake, so it could work. Um, actually, as a follow-up from... I, I've been listening to the the older episodes and whatever. Um, at some point, we talk about the gold standard. Did we ever clarify that... I looked it up. The gold standard was done after um, 1929, after right. the stock market crashed. Yeah, no, I... I, did, I, I I, I, didn't, I didn't know the exact time, but I knew it was well over. I don't know if we ever touched on it in the actual conversation. I just thought that was amazing. Like I was listening to us, and I was thinking maybe I t- maybe we we clarify this in another show or something. Well, I think I th- one of them we did because we I know we talked maybe. about silver certificates at some point, and and those stopped like by, by like thirty three or something like that. I think. Wait, did we talk about silver certificates? I feel like we did, or it oh, might have wow. just been a conversation we had off mic. That's funny. That's interesting. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but back to your... So, yeah, the unemployment thing and everything. But I saw in, what, last week or whatever, the Facebook was talking about people working from home and people working f- from home from locations outside of the major cities where they where they normally do business. But that was, like, quickly followed up by the fact that they're, they would pay them much less than they would pay people in those other cities. And I've been trying to wrap my head around where I, where, where I stand on that. I feel like my first knee-jerk reaction is that a job should be worth the amount that a job is worth. But then you start looking, like... The idea of someone making San Francisco tech money, but living in, you know, the middle of the country where the cost of living is a quarter of what it is in the Bay Area, 
what does mm-hmm. that do to the overall price? But then uh, the, the overall like cost of living in that area then. Right. But at the same rate, I mean, it just pisses me off that that, that was, you know, I just, I feel like everyone should be making, like, I want to make what I make in LA and in Vermont, you know? Yeah, of course. But what does that do to the, the, the economic ecosystem of Vermont then, you know? <laughs> Unfortunately, nothing, because there are plenty of rich people here. Um, oh, okay, well, not Vermont then, like uh, yeah. Idaho. I mean, sure. for, for whatever, mm, for let's whatever say frame of Nebraska. Reference. Okay, let's say Nebraska. I'm just saying, like, Idaho has Coeur d'Alene. They have, like, the weird little spots where there are super rich people. Somewhere like Nebraska, you have, what, Omaha? I mean, Nebraska, I think, is beautiful. But there's nothing there. Well, regardless of what's there and what's not, I'm saying, like, overall, the cost of living and the, like, the, the average wage and stuff... I think it's pretty fair to, to say there's a lot of people, especially in Vermont as well as Nebraska and Idaho, that have like what is the what is the average cost of living or what is the average income of Vermont? Oh, it's got to be low. I mean, there are plenty of people in Vermont who don't make good money. I mean, there are tons of poor people in Vermont. I, I think that the right, the av- the average income as of 2018 in Vermont was 60,782. Interesting. And the average for US is 61,937. Interesting. The reason why I wanted to pick Nebraska or just like off the top of my head and it could be any of those middle of the country states that don't have too big of cities or or whatever and maybe also no tourism or whatever is because i feel like somewhere like nebraska is going to have um kind of a more even keel sort of balanced economy there are not going to be too many highs or too many lows in in my mind i don't know why that that is in my mind but somewhere like vermont does have very low lows you know we still have we still have factory work here which is moderately mind-blowing you know in the same town we have factory work that's like we have like a chocolate factory we have uh an ice cream factory and then we have in the same town not a mile two miles away we have a um what's the company mylan um, it's uh, like a pharmaceutical company. So it's like those are just so vastly different. And the people who work at the pharmaceutical company, the engineers and the chemists and those people make really good money. And um, I'm talking about St. Albans, Vermont. And it's it's very interesting that there's kind of like it's, it has this old school sort of vibe, like there's a, a good side of town and a bad side of town. And literally the, the train tracks divide the town. And so it's, you know, which side of the tracks are you on is a, is a, is a question people ask. It's very well, strange. Let me reframe like the Facebook thing then. So say me and you were working the same job, same exact job, same exact responsibility, same hours, same everything. You were working from Vermont, and I was working from here. Mm-hmm. 
and we've been on it for we were hired at the same time but you were hired at say fifty thousand dollars and i was hired at one hundred ten thousand dollars right how would that how would that sit with you in vermont oh i i think i agree with you a hundred percent even if the the there should be no difference really it it shouldn't matter where you live you know because you're still going into the same grocery stores you're still getting the same food you know i mean percentage wise how much of a difference is your food cost you know right it's like okay so food might be let's even call it a uh, 20% more that you pay for food in LA so you have food, you have gas, you've got uh, rent or mortgages, mm-hmm. like house housing prices. So those are obviously going to be majorly different. So I guess the concern would be that if there's a select few people who are working from remote locations in more rural areas, but they're getting paid Silicon Valley, Sil- Silicon Valley, Silicon Valley uh, rates that's going to end up creating a false reality of, of what things cost right. and, and drive inflation to the, the effect that people who work the average job in that rural area won't be able to afford anything. It's going to price people out. It's going to be hyper gentrification, I guess. Right. It's, I mean, what you're bringing up is super interesting to think about because this is how the, the world economy is going to be going. You know, we're going to we're going to slip into this a little bit more than usual. Um, We already are. There are people we know who work at home and work from home and, you know, get paid what they get paid. But the people who are allowed to work from home right now, generally speaking, are either computer programmers or they have highly specialized training and stuff like that. So. I feel like they make, on average, a little higher anyway. So I'm not disagreeing with your premise, but I mean, obviously, I think your 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 premise is there's no way that two people making the same you know should be they should be making the same wage really is what it comes down to. Um, but you got to figure out <laughs> you got to figure out how to do that. I I don't know how you know is it. Is it benefits? Do you, you know what I mean? Is there something in there that you can offer as a lifeline to the person in LA versus the person in Vermont? I, I don't know. Do you know what I mean? Is there is there something to make the, the job more attractive when two people are remote? Realistically, I mean, someone is not going to work remote and live in LA, are they? I don't know. I mean, yeah, I mean, it's, but at the same rate, would they hire someone working remote in LA or, you know, San Francisco or whatever versus hiring someone working in rural America when the wage is that different? If they know someone can do the same job in, in Scranton, Pennsylvania, would they, is it, is it the new form of outsourcing? Are we going to start losing jobs to middle America because they, they can and they're willing to start outsourcing stuff? I don't know. but I, I And in do, that I, effect, is it, is it the death of, of, of city living? 
it doesn't seem like the city will ever go away. It does. Ne- it never seems like the city will go away. It seems like the cities are always growing. You know, um, I would. I don't know. I've never. I've never stopped to think about what I do. I like the idea of a city or what you you wouldn't want everyone to be just spread out everywhere and equal it'd be very weird wouldn't it what you mean population wise you wouldn't want everyone spread out to be equal i don't know like would you want like a full sprawl like if you had the option of having like just the however many eight nine ten however many billion people we have in the world if you if you wanted them to just be sprawled out into all the inhabitable places on earth would you want them to just be sprawled so that every five you know every like uh i can't even think about how the math would work out but like you know every three furlongs you're like oh there's another house there's another house there's another house and it's just that and monotonous forever you know versus you know the concrete jungle I think people like to be in cities together. People do like to congregate together because in before information was so easily movable by the internet, you needed to be in a city and you needed to come together because that is where all the brilliant minds gathered. You know, you needed to be in one location because that was like the advancement of civilization and that's how that worked you know the all the great ideas came from cities they didn't come from just random people in the countryside because the random people in the countryside had no audience so i don't think there's ever going to be a death to the city you know um i don't know that's tough you're you we started this podcast you're asking me hard questions right off the well, bat basically right well I mean, this, is, this this got brought up because we were talking about something i can't remember i think we started off on currency or inflation or something to begin with so mm. that triggered this this i saw last week and i was like oh we gotta talk about that on on cast um yeah man i think it's I think it's, it's it's a dual-edged sword as far as it could be beneficial for quality of life for people who may be burned out in mm-hmm. the city or people who weren't able to move but want to get a job in that in certain concentrations. But I think it's also us giving up our tenuous grasp on kind of the qualification of of our abilities or like this the state of you know not in in actual terms labor but like labor versus management terms labor if they're like oh i can get three people in idaho to do what you do for less then that takes away any command or power that the people who are in those cities have from those jobs Mm -hmm. it's weird to think that 20 years ago, people were talking about losing their jobs to India or China or, or whatever. And now are people going to be talking about losing their jobs to, you know, El Paso or something? Yeah, I don't know. It's it's still one of those things that I feel like we should be. If you're going to if you're going to talk about 
like losing your job to India or losing your job to China, I, I, I do think that at that point, you know, what, like the, I think about uh, something like Carrier, like the air conditioning company. I think they, you know, open plants in like Indonesia and China and stuff like that. And right. uh, because I was living in central New York at the time. And it's just one of those things that I feel, I feel like that was the thing we should have focused on then. We should have focused on not losing those jobs to skilled laborers you know, in central New York, because central, central New York has died because of it. When there was no, there was no one there to make a big pivot to say, all right, well, what else can we do? You know, we have skilled laborers, we we have talent, we got to put this talent to work before these skills are lost. And I can't tell you how much I wish that I could just go to New York and get something made it seems so obnoxious that for my job i have to contact someone who is a middleman somewhere they contact another middleman somewhere else and then they get it made in you know wherever somewhere in the far east i don't want that to happen i want people to you know be skilled laborers still making stuff and I have gotten some things manufactured in England and skilled labor for stuff like that is relatively cheap in England, surprisingly. I wish that, you know, um, just just as an example, just frames, car frames, we import them from England. That makes no sense when we live in Vermont and we're, you know, a seven-hour drive from Steel City. You know what I mean? Like, if Pittsburgh still made steel like they once did, I could just give them the the frames to these vehicles and just say, eh, here's one, here's two, here's three, here's four, here's five. You number them, you make them exactly like this, and we'll make a mint because it should be cheaper to make them here if they had maintained all of those structures and all of those systems that they always had. But instead, on this global economy thing that we do, we have someone iron, you know, uh, get iron, and then they do whatever they do, smelt it or whatever, and then you have like pig iron turned into steel and then steel gets shipped from China to England and then England takes it and forges it into whatever design they want and then they ship it to us in America and it's like, that's such a waste of everything. You know, it just, it seems so depressing to think about that kind of stuff. Um, And I try really hard just to not think about it and I think that's maybe what a lot of other people who maybe might care also just try not to think about it but anyway do you want to introduce the show (laughs) so uh let's do a countdown quick we're 25 minutes in we have (laughs) perfect perfect three two one
Welcome to 2928. This is a podcast we do. It's mostly all I have to say about that. Um, you can find us on the internet. Um, plenty of places. We're on Instagram and Twitter as uh, 2928.digital. And our Gmail is also 2928.digital at gmail.com. We've been, we've been doing it, you know, we came in late, but we definitely came in before people were getting paid $100 million to do podcasts. That's true. We were definitely here before that. Well, we had a lot of false starts before we even got 2928 going. Right. Yeah, no, we were trying to find our voices, as it were. Yeah, we did, we did a, a um, I mean, there are a couple floating episodes of the podcast that became, that came before this that we never released. Is that true? Yeah, no, nothing Nothing else has been released. All right. So, I mean, you know, for the future when there are people who are like, what is, what's the oldest, what's the earliest iteration of, you know, when they're trying to get that content from us, we'll be like, boy, do we have a fucking crazy treat for you. Then we have but, the, die, yeah, the Die we, Hard episode. Yeah, then we found this one and uh, we, we figured out this is... Uh, what we wanted to do yeah this, <laughs> this is well, the this, one we wanted to spend uh just spinning uh spinning yarns and spinning our gears yeah spinning wheels laying tar down laying tar down dude i have is that a saying s- no i just made it up right now okay. i have so many notes dude <laughs> for what just this show i have so many notes um I'm just going to I'm just going to highlight them quick. You, you can pick and stop me at any one. Okay. I changed phone services. We don't have to talk about the brand that I changed to, but I jumped ship and I went to one of those like cheap ones. I have a note that says I'm making chicken thighs now. Oh, chicken thighs are great. You you do a uh, boneless skinless? Boneless skinless? Are you asking me if I debone and de-skin and then cook them? Or you do you buy them without the bone or the skin? No, I leave them bone and skin on. Okay. I mean, I mean, I was just asking. Oh, that's interesting. No, definitely to, not. I mean, I, the the bone slows down cook time. That's and, true. And the skin, unless you're gonna like actually, do you cook it so it's crispy so you eat it, or do you just take it off after you after you cook it anyway? Both. Give it to Marcy, but you know. Well, yeah. Um, I mean, so yeah, I mean, yeah. I, all right. I I, I love I love chicken thighs. They're they're uh, there's a lot more flavor in there than chicken breast. Oh, totally. That so this came about because like uh, at our local talk about food prices, which we were talking about before. This came about because our local food place they weren't like price gouging meat, but they had like crept up the prices of certain meats. And I was like, why the fuck is, you know, like just normal chicken tenders or chicken breasts or anything? Why is it, you know, $3 more a pound? Like, what the fuck is going on there? Like, I'm not paying. I mean, animal processing plants were shutting down every every week, which is when when we're beholden to a few major processors and distributors, that's going to affect price overall. It was just very weird to see that. And then, like, the beef, for example, like, just 
regular freaking ground was the same price like like a like the the normal ground was the same price as like the ground that you would get from the like grass-fed beef from right up the road right. and i was like well obviously i know what i'm choosing here um in my case it was choosing none of it and i just got more tofu and more um chicken thighs and that was why i was like well i'll just get chicken thighs because it was like the lonely the lonely meat in the corner and it was still like a dollar 50 a pound the lonely meat it was it was the lonely meat in the corner and i was like fuck this i can make chicken thighs like delicious chicken thighs i just need to plan a little more and um god i did like a i did like a slow roast i braised them one week the next week we've gotten them every week since basically and it's great because the meat is good you get dark meat and white meat you just get it's just so good um yeah braised them one week um anyway that it was just a fun little (laughs) just interlude from my normal cooking you know it's just like what the fuck like i can't get my i can't do my normal thing all right fine i'll work i'll work around you covid19 meat inflation pricing whatever um there was some guy talking about chemtrails on the like local what's your what's your front porch thing that you have in la i mean nationally i think it's next door next door right we have front porch forum which is clearly only vermont <laughs> yeah 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 you're 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 on the weird side of this conversation <laughs> well it's because i don't i'm asking you because i know it's a thing and i don't know that it's called next door um yeah i have i have comments about shipping expectations now which is sort of funny um but probably not a lot there to talk about Oh, God. All right, how about this? I don't know how to present this. This is super weird. Have you ever noticed a detail in a person? It's typically like a person you're just meeting. And it can be in media, too. Like, you can see them on TV, and this can work the same way. Um, But you notice a detail in the person generally it's like a mannerism sort of thing but they remind you of another person in mannerisms yeah like mannerisms or affectation or whatever yeah yeah or like the way they move their mouth or something really specific okay yeah no i i've i'm I'm sure i have so this just it was so funny the other day we were watching something and um (laughs) and and kim was like oh that's like this guy looks just like my cousin and i was like uh and i was like wait i see it and the weird part was that she's like well not quite but like the vietnamese version of my cousin (laughs) it's like because they were talking they were talking about vietnamese cuisine and all this stuff and this guy was vietnamese and he was just like but he had this total vibe to him that totally encompassed um, Kim's cousin. And I was like, 
whoa, that's so crazy. Was and was it, he was he from Vietnam? Vietnam? Or was he a Vietnamese American? Like one of the perfect middle grounds there, like where he he like spent like ten years in Vietnam or something, and grew up with Vietnamese parents, but then they moved here and he's very much americanized but he still has like a very authentic vietnamese upbringing it so seems. then where did he live in this country versus where does kim's cousin live yeah so exactly and you would think that this is an environmental thing but this is the and and we're talking about two different coasts this guy the vietnamese guys from the west coast california la and uh kim's cousin's in the capital region of New York. Like Okay, so if it's not regional, is it's it not gener- regional. is it generational? Where I, are they are they contemporary? They are contemporary, but that So they would even though they were in different on different coasts from different families, they mm-hmm. would have been consuming most likely very similar pop culture uh, things in their formative years or hanging out with people, kids as they're growing up who who were doing that. Yes, and I thought about all of this and I agree with all of your 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 rationale and how you're trying to parse this but in the end and i can't i it's too bad i can't just like mind melt this to you and just so you can see it because i actually think it is i think it's it's hereditary i think it has to do with these details that we have in us and not in such a way that like our our face movements or whatever only move in certain ways or you know but it feels like this genetic thing it feels like there's this combination of genetics that just comes together and makes you who you are and because there are so many billions of us anyway can't believe that's the second time i've said that in this episode i feel like mm, not more not more or less like not not more than not but every once in a while you will come across someone who reminds you of someone else for a reason that's other than just like oh that's a doppelganger you know it's it's one like one aspect of it is a doppelganger oh you look like someone else that's one thing but that's kind of superficial deeper down there are these levels of because there are only so many options for us to be ourselves there's this funny mirroring or repetition that occurs that you can experience in a lifetime i think and it just so happens that people remind you of other people because of these little intricate details and you also have to be the type of person who just notices that stuff, I think. So um, you're, you're positing that there's no kind of cross-pollination there. there it's just parallel ev- evolution. They came to the same conclusions and the same mannerisms and the same actions completely apart from one another with absolutely no crossover is, is your y- theory? That's the theory. And, and, and I'll tell you why that's the theory. And like, think of it as a quality, right? Think of it like how many possible qualities do we have that are, um, that make you who you are? Like, let's say it's just for 
it's it's more than this but let's say there are a hundred different qualities that make up a person and you might be able to pick from five to ten of those different specific qualities to make yourself right it it really is thousands but if the same like five or six or seven things come together then that kind of has this weird unique signature for you but the question is how unique is that actually and, well, and it makes it makes me think of a little bit like crazier things but but what i'm saying is like these soup these things that make a super unique you know and make you who you are um, and I'm talking about gestures. I'm talking about talking with your hands. I'm talking about mouth movements. I'm right. talking about like, you know, all these little details that you may or may not notice in people. But this guy on screen, we were watching this show and this Vietnamese guy was just like 100% was like, oh, that's cousin Mike. Holy well, shit. I mean, like two things on that, I guess, would be one, it would be interesting to see kind of a breakdown of the qualities or mannerisms that you see in both of them that are the same and those that you see that are apart to see overall how identical they are or are they just the uh, defining mannerisms that are the same? You know, are there smaller micro mannerisms that are completely different or is it a multitude of micro mannerisms that's making you think that this guy reminds you of the other one? You know, I think it's even even more basic than that. I mean, I, I see what you're saying exactly. And I, I don't know if I know the answer to this, but but I can kind of give a more simplistic example, which is just like one or two of the seemingly super unique characteristics of an individual. If they are seen other places, maybe that's enough to remind you of that person. Are these qualities ones that you saw in your? Is it Kim's brother or Kim's cousin? You said Kim's cousin Mike. Yeah. Is it? Are they things that you kind of defined Mike as having before you saw it, or had it not been clear to you until you saw someone else doing it? Like it just been? Has it just been kind of subconsciously there that you were registering and remembered him, but you wouldn't? identify him if you were like describing him to someone or kind of both i mean so so um just by kim saying it like oh that guy's just like cousin mike like it triggered in my mind thinking about the details that this human on screen was presenting to us right pretty simply but like it had to do with the way he carried himself and his motions um which are you know that initially was super signature and then it's like maybe you transition into another mindset once you see one thing you are now inclined to look for more things to see if in fact it is really mimicking that signature person that 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 signature of that person that you're thinking of see so then on back to like charting the comparisons i i would want to see the characteristics listed out and then from like one through five rank how similar you find them yeah yeah and then 
the kind of the second thing that this that was making me think was you saying that there's only so many combinations of these, which you know is is true as far as whatever the permutation is of how however many mannerisms that you see and how many combinations of those mannerisms would exist in the wild. Mm-hmm. But as you're opening that up beyond the school district that they grew up in and knew each other outside of the family bubble, which is even smaller than the school district. Once you get outside of the state size, which is larger and then the, then the coast size, you're seeing more and more people. So you, you're seeing a wider array a, a larger net you're casting a larger net so you're seeing more of those of those i'm trying to think of what the the, the term to coin for for mannerism doppelganger you know right yeah it, i mean i i don't know and and i i guess that's why i wrote it down because basically I found, basically I found it interesting so they you know when you're looking at just like the class pictures and stuff we're all unique Right. Maybe we have share a few things because you know that's generationally or or friend wise that's what we did in our in our social circles and stuff. But each person is still identifiable from each other. As that cross section grows bigger and bigger, then you're seeing repetition of these attributes, and as you're seeing repetition of those attributes, then you're seeing more and more concentration of you know three of those attributes or six of those attributes so you you're you're seeing more of your motion twins as you expand and now because we have an overload of binge watching and everybody's watching and everybody's creating content and everybody's lives are online you're actually able to see more of these people mhm so you're able to identify complete strangers that you never would have crossed paths with presenting these same superficial physical identi- uh, identical features right I, I think it, it has to be if, if you think of it like on a broader like you were just saying but if you think of it like on a broader term like uh you know you have these things like okay that's a that's a, a person who's ditzy you know um or these you know these kind of over arching sort of you know oh that person is really whatever it's way it's like super next level than even those basic things like you have the same person cut your hair or like you you know what i mean like there are all these things that can make people like similar or regionally like you were saying but even if there are like millions of permutations of how people can be, it might be interesting what we gravitate towards when we see someone who we don't know, who reminds us of someone else, and what that thing is that makes us think, holy shit, that person's just like so-and-so. I feel like it's one thing to have like a doppelganger because that's really like that's like the elementary school version of it. You know, right. that's the that's the that's basic. Just, yeah, that's the on 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 the on the face of things. That's but not... then you get into these mannerisms and you get into how people carry themselves and you get into like the motion that they make with their bodies and stuff like that, which is what this guy was doing is like holy shit, this guy is like totally Mike. But. So between our two 
major conversation so far today. <laughs> what, we're, what we're saying is that Facebook is going to find their employees doubles in cheaper, less, less expensive areas, and they're going to take their jobs. The guy in um... no one, no one is unique and no one is special, and they're all going to be replaced for cheaper versions of their identical selves. Yeah, let's go with that. So far, that's that's grim. That's the that's the overarching uh, theme of this episode. Oh my god. Um. So okay, do you want to do you, do you have do you have things on your mind? Or do you want to get into the next crazy nitty gritty one? Uh, I, there was something I was thinking of last night when I went to sleep, and I remembered this morning that I wanted to talk about it, and now I can't because so much happened at work today. Why don't you write this stuff down or just text me? I don't know. Let me check my phone and see if I wrote it down. That's amazing that you don't even know if you wrote it down. That's hilarious. Hmm. I did not write it. <laughs> Oh, God. Um, no, go, go into the next one, I guess. <laughs> All right. This one, this one might be heavy. So, growing up, I used to, this is, this is, I guess this kind of touches on philosophy, but, um, it doesn't touch on philosophy. This is philosophy. Growing up, I never, like you you grow up as such a, um, when you're young, you're very, um, self-centric you think about yourself more than you think about the world. And as you get older, you think more about the world and less about yourself. Um, I think if you're normal, that's what you do. So there used to be this thing that my dad would say periodically, and I never understood it. And now that I'm old, I understand it. But it took me until, like, the past three years to even conceive of this as a normal thought, which is the basic idea that if communism hadn't come to Cuba and, like, thus, if Castro hadn't taken over, there would be a lot of very happy, very normal Cubans today. And... The way I always thought of it was, well, what the fuck? Because if Castro doesn't exist, then I don't exist. And so the idea in that is like, my brain couldn't get past the idea that my dad wished that Castro had never taken over Cuba and that Cuba itself was today, let's say, a free democracy, which who the fuck knows what would have happened. But until, you know, I don't know, I I started thinking, I thought about this once, like, uh, 
in the past like five years and thought, okay, I can actually see this as an as just a general argument because it actually has nothing to do with me. I was just making it about me before. Because it's a personal issue. You know, it's something that I actually have to think about because I have to vaguely grapple with it. You know, it's the greater good for society, in theory, maybe. Is if communism doesn't come to Cuba, a bunch of people are way happier. Sure, I don't exist, my sister doesn't exist, but life is better, maybe. So it's just an interesting thing to get to the point in your life where you can actually remove yourself or remove reality. You know what I mean? Like just remove a truth. Would that is you, this, you know? Would you remove yourself from time if you knew that it would result in a democratic society in Cuba? Fuck no. Right. But you, that's the thing. Would, you, would, like, your, would your dad... Since he has like an actual connection to Cuba, I don't know. Would you have you have you been you haven't been to Cuba have you? No. Oh, okay. I mean, it was open for a few years, so. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like I have no reason to go to Cuba. Like I, you have you no know. you have no desire to to check it out or anything. Not now. Hmm. You know, I a lot of that is financial too. Like I have no reason to even travel right now. Right. You know what I mean? It's like I won't really be able to travel until I'm an old person because yeah. then I'll have all the things, money and time, but I have none of those things right now. So it's like, you know, I mean, it, it's just an interesting thing to think about. Like, of course, I'm going to be selfish and say I would not remove myself from time. Even though I wouldn't know the difference, if I removed myself from time, I would I would just not exist and I wouldn't know. But being a conscious right. yeah. person but, here but right to, now, to make that decision, you would have to get over your your, like you were saying, self centered ego side of things and be like, I'm removing myself. Once it happens, it doesn't matter because there's no being anymore. But right. making making that decision is your is the 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 tough part to to jump. Right. And it's even more important now because removing myself isn't just removing myself. Right. Right. So so even – but, I mean, obviously, selfishly, even five years ago, I still wouldn't have done it because – I mean, the ego Cause you, is – Because you don't is, care about Cubans. Say it. <laughs> no, it's just the ego is too <laughs> – well, the ego is too strong and – this is how it happened. I exist. So it, yeah. this is how it happened. So it's it's tough to like claim that you'd undo something like that. But <laughs> say it. You don't care about Cubans. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we got there because I mean this has been such a heavy episode so far. <laughs> Fuck. Um yeah, I mean we should also talk we should also talk about um separately we should talk about like our our podcast empire we should just that that will be much lighter of a conversation but i i did just wanted to i just wanted to say this out loud and we can come back to it in another episode i just i i finally 
kind of, I don't want to say I came to terms with it, but I understand how you can have the thought of independent of yourself, right? It's like independent of self as a thought. It would be for the greater good. Maybe, because again, you without that history playing out, you have no fucking idea what would have happened. Like, no idea. But in theory, it would be for the greater good to not have a communist Cuba. You know, because they probably would be, who knows, a protectorate of the United States. They probably would be as loved as they were um, throughout the 30s and the gambling years of Americans traveling to Cuba. Well, yeah, but you, I mean, all this stuff built leading up to the Bay of Pigs and everything and, you know, the the mobsters trying to plot their own insurrection and everything, it's, wouldn't it have just become just another tool of, you know, corruption? I don't know, because every, maybe, but I feel like every Caribbean country. Caribbean or Caribbean? <laughs> Carib- Caribbean. Okay. <laughs> every Caribbean country has their own thing. You know, and and Cuba is very beautiful, and people love traveling there. And I knew I know a handful of people who have traveled there in the last ten years, um, and just can't say enough good stuff about Cuba. And maybe it's because you have this kind of like classic old, and these are like all. I don't want to say they're all rich people, but they're like, more or less, they're all rich people who go. And there's a lot of very classic, kind of old school, nostalgic feelings about going to Cuba and being in Cuba because things have... Because all the architecture and the cars are from... Frozen in time. Yeah. From the 50s. Yeah. And earlier. So it's like... Of course you have good feelings when you go to Cuba because all the people are nice to you because you're giving them money. And, like, I suppose it's good in the sense that there's, like, this innocence to Cuba, that there aren't these huge fucking resorts and all of that, as there are in all of the other places. But I I don't know. I I don't know the answer. I guess that's why I'm, I'm presenting it. You know, um, but but I what I'm saying is I have the ability now to step away from the idea of that I don't exist and think about it as because, you know, growing up when when you're when you're 13, 14 years old and your dad says that you're just like, fuck you. What do you what? Like what? You know, <laughs> like because that's the logical conclusion right. there. But. It's interesting as you get older, the things that you begin to understand that you never could. Like, no one could have ever presented that to me in a way that I could have understood it at 14 or 15 years old. It's just like your mind isn't capable of conquering such a thought that is beyond yourself. Yeah, so I mean, it's opening your own scope, like seeing 
outside of just you and your sphere and seeing society or humanity on a larger scale or a larger scale of time too. looking past the 14 years that you've been on the earth to, you know, a hundred years. Right. And you're just like, you know, people say stuff like, oh, your, your existence is a blip in time and it's just absolutely insignificant. And you don't ever think about that. But now that we're like in our thirties, boy, I think about that, you know, because it's like, you know, and you get back to this idea. I think about, um, I think about that that idea that the forefathers, you know, um, I can't remember how they say this, but they they say like on Thomas Jefferson's tombstone or whatever it says that he was a farmer first. You know what I mean? That's how he wanted to be remembered in order, you know, and president is like second or third or something, right? And you think about that and when you're in high school learning that kind of stuff, that it is completely meaningless to you. But if you remember the detail, at some point, your mind does make that shift and you realize why it's more important <laughs> as a person who has lived to have been a farmer. Like that, like it makes more sense, oh, Farmer is the first thing on the list for all of these really fucking obvious reasons. But, I mean, then you start, you have to think, too, of what the presidency was back when he was president, too, versus what it's become now. Right. And what him being a farmer says about his viewpoint of having slaves tend his land. So Okay, how okay, much hold, far- hold on. How much yeah. of a farmer was he? <laughs> He was a landowner. <laughs> I God, I hope it's Jefferson. I'm thinking of. I hope it's. I hope it is Jefferson. Um. <laughs> Do you think it's Jimmy Carter? You're thinking of instead? <laughs> no. No. Isn't Jimmy Carter alive? Yeah, that'd be. That's why it would be really weird for him to have his tombstone already. <laughs> okay. Good. Jesus Christ. Um. <laughs> I knew you were going to bring slavery into it. I just knew it was going to happen. I was like, I picked the worst person to well, talk no, about. But I, but I mean, it, that, that goes back to his scope of himself. Oh, totally. He, totally. he owns, you know, land. He owns slaves. He was president. He didn't have Twitter. He okay. wants to project himself as like this mo- modest from the earth person in his death. So that's how he's remembered. I don't. So, okay. Like even... Take all of that away. Strip all of that away. I mean, yes, take some of it. But I still understand the sentiment of when you get older, you value different things and different ideas. If you want to be thought of as like, okay, so like a guy but who that, loved— that's all, that's all vanity right there. It's, it's not that he values that. He's like, all right, I'm on my deathbed. Let me have my people remember me as, as a humble man of the earth who led them to greatness, you know? <laughs> so you're thinking it stems from vanity and nothing else. I think I think that 
that more often than not would be the case. I don't think... I can't disagree with I th- that. I, I think people are still viewing themselves... Like, where you were viewing yourself as far as being the center of everything, at the twilight of his years, Jefferson was viewing himself how other how he wanted other people to view him. So he was shaping his image in the light that he wants shot on him. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yes. I think he was. But I still have this... Um, Proactive hindsight, let's call it. I just have this sympathy. I sympathize with the idea... You sympathize with slaveholders. I understand. Jesus Christ. <laughs> I, I sympath- mean, it's it's a bold choice, but... Uh, yeah. You're entitled I, to it, Lopez. <laughs> I sympathize with the premise that one would feel... most inclined to want to be remembered as as not as like ordinary as possible as possible but like um like like i'm just like every other guy but like there is something sort of humbling in that idea that you realize that you're you're kind of nothing well like so what do you think his end goal was there? To make people see that and then he could become a point of aspiration for other people? Be like, well, he was just a farmer and he rose to become a framer of the Constitution and president. He wanted to be remembered as a farmer because he was a farmer just like every other citizen, you know, uh, for for whom he served. Minus the slave so I, thing. I, I, think which that's, is... I think that says more than about how we should view the presidency. We shouldn't view it as, you know this high state untouchable presence it should be like a civic duty you know oh, I, How, I agree with that a hundred percent it should be more of a responsibility than than a fucking aunt like than like a treat you know there there shouldn't be like we treat it like a fucking like it's like they're a fucking like a king like oh I shook the president's hand who gives a fuck who it's a person He's just a normal person. I mean, this one's not a normal person. This one's a fucking crazy. But yeah, it should just be your civic duty. You you should just go in, make shit happen that you want to make happen. Make shit happen that you want to make happen, that you said you were going to make happen, that the people who voted you into office said you know uh voted for you because you were gonna make that shit happen also we gotta fucking totally eliminate the electoral college if we're talking about politics i'm done with that shit well what happens to the electoral college when we have the mega gentrification of people spreading to the wind to remote into jobs that they can now do from Sheboygan or whatever. It doesn't matter anyway, because like, if well, you no, don't, it does. If it you does. Don't... So if the electoral college still stands the way it is, but the population redistrib- redistributes in a way where things change, how blue could you make, you know, Montana? If everybody's moving to Montana from the coasts because they can live there for a lower cost of living. I think my, when, I when mean... elections come around, then people are going to, vote more liberal or more more blue in this case yeah you're not wrong i i'm just saying like 
the the outliers here that that will totally ruin this whole system which is like two things it's it's annoying that we had uh, uh, someone win the popular vote and lose the presidency twice in our lives and it's annoying that going forward we are ostensibly never going to be able to look at voting normally ever again because we're always going to be there's always going to be someone talking about hacking an election right there's just we're 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 beyond the point now and like from this point on every person who ever loses an election is just going to be like well (laughs) someone hacked it it was fake you know what i mean it goes that far to show how much of i'm speaking from our country because this is where i live how much of of our country is built on on faith you know Right. The, the belief that the system is going to work itself out. And I think definitely the last four years, and I'm sure some other times too, is been a testament to or a, uh, a test of our faith. So they're, they're calling into question all the institutions that we, we used to believe in. And now with COVID and everything, we have, we're trying our faith in that our government and our and our doctors know what they're doing they're calling into question science on a scale much larger than they ever did with, with like anti-vaxxers and stuff it's like right. our faith is you know it sounds fucking hokey as shit but like our faith in everything that we were taught as children to believe in is being tested so correct so once that veil gets lifted and i i when you start seeing that it's all just smoke and mirrors and shit or everything is just held together by our our communal faith, it's it's terrifying to think of how easily it could just be torn apart. I used to think it was going to be better if it got torn apart and it started over. But right, now but, I re- but now but I pa- realize that's not true. It, how everything gets torn apart, then who's been prepared for it is the people that I would more often than not not side with. Right. Like, who's going to be in the position of power if things run amok? You're like, are you going to turn to the police? Probably not. They've been militarized for the past three years. So they're they're all a tool of, of the government. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like, grim. We, we go down this this road, like I think, the, periodically. It, it, that's like if, if I'm not, I don't want to get into a whole fucking Second Amendment thing and stuff. But like the well-regulated militia thing makes a lot of sense if you want the states to have the ability to protect themselves from from the federal government. But the militias that have come out of it are not real well regulated. They're a bunch of nutcases who hang out and tailgate at gun shows and shit. You're talking like, about the Oregon guy? <laughs> I'm the Oregon guy, the Minnesota guys, the the separatists, the sovereign citizens like like the in our lifetime militias that have existed have always been tied to more or less domestic terrorism. If yep. there was a state level militia that was had oversight on the state level and reported to you know the the state level, the governor or whatever, then that would be that state's protection against any type of overstepping of bounds, and that state would then be able to form their own unions with states of like minds if the worst were to happen. Right. And 
right now we don't have that safeguard. It's they've turned it into like your individual right to own a gun. What the fuck is one person with a gun gonna do against the federal government? Nothing. They'll be they'll be they'll be summarily executed on TV. <laughs> on TV. What are, what are like what are thirteen people with guns gonna do against the federal government? Nothing. What are we? What's what's a city? with people with guns going to do against the F-15s, you know? If we're talking worst-case scenario here, there's there's no logic in in saying like I have a right to have a gun because it'll protect me against the government. That's 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 they really make any it, sense whatsoever. But it does in their minds because effectively you think that this is after the well, no, disassembling it's, this is goes, after there's no assemblance of government. This is the, the reason why I think this exists in people's minds is because they think that this is post-government. This is when you're out on your own. This is zombie apocalypse kind of territory. This is, you know what I mean? This is so. If this it, is if, if this is us on our own, then you know I'm just starting off the video game at a lower level. You know I have a knife, <laughs> I have a knife and a bat, and I have to use that knife and a bat to get a gun. You know, and then yeah. once I have a gun, then you know I get more guns. But like. If you're talking in that regard, it's, I mean. It's not logical. I'm not saying it's logical. I'm just saying this is what I, I'm pretty sure this is the mentality that people have. I don't, is, I don't, I don't want to say like talk about states' rights and everything like that. But I, but I definitely think that interests of like-minded states could very well be protected against overstepping a federal, federal government if they, I don't know. I think a states reinterpretation of, of a well-regulated militia. Well, no, I think states' rights are important right now, and I think they're important more than ever. And I think this is why this is on your mind, whether consciously or not, is that we have currently, with COVID-19, we have states stepping up and making regulations. And the people who are upset about this kind of shit are turning to the idiots that are in, you know, let's say incumbent right now in the White House. And not only are the people in the White House right now sending super fucking mixed messages, but they're sending, they're they're just oozing poor leadership qualities. And... There's two things. There's always two things with me. But basically, you're either trying to completely destroy this system and make it worthless by saying that don't listen to your state because your state doesn't know what's fucking going on because you can do whatever you want because you're an American. And then there's the other side of it where there are these states who are stepping up and saying, look, for the greater good of all these people, you should be social distancing, you should be doing the whole list, right? Here's your list. This is what you do to keep people safe, to keep yourself safe, to keep your grandparents safe, to keep your parents safe. But then everyone aside from them, is testing our faith that that is actually what's going to solve things or that there's anything to be afraid of to begin with. Like, them even raising questions about it makes people doubt that. Correct. And and so right now we're living in a time where states' rights are 
super relevant, important, and yeah, important to listen to. And it's interesting because there are so many, um, I've heard a couple times that there are these, uh, this is one of those things what happens where you have like all of these old historical um, cases, um, federal cases come up where people will start misquoting and like misremembering the facts of cases. And then you look up the case and you're like, wait a minute, what is this case about? Well, yeah, and because it... as soon as they put it, <laughs> as soon as they put it on record for one thing, then that's going to be like the top hit when people search for it online. And then they'll replicate that because it, it fits their agenda. But people are too stupid to look up the actual trial and see right, what actually they'll fucking just happened. Look, they'll just look up the first news hit of, of of that and they'll see the quote by, you know, Strom Thurmond that says this is this. And then everybody's <laughs> repeating that like it's like it's fact. Like it's truth, right. Right. And, and so but the best part is if you look up these these actual records, you're just like, wait a minute, this is the the opposite of what they were just describing. Wait a minute, what 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 happened here? Oh, the state of Massachusetts actually said that um, these people had to get vaccinated in like 1906 or something. It's like, oh, wait, really? So, and that held up in court. Oh, it did. Okay, interesting. But you're you're. It's amazing the details that just get so jumbled and lost because i don't know it feels like no one can read sometimes or if you can read no one can read and comprehend right they so, don't they, they want it fed to them in the voice and the and the explanation that they find most comfortable it's fucking bonkers to me dude it's bonkers i'm it, it makes me feel so done with <laughs> everything that is america it's so fucking ridiculous. But anyway, should we talk about our podcasting empire? Because <laughs> I have such a good idea, and I think we can do it. I, th- is that's off pod, though, yeah? Do you think it's off pod? Do you think it's that important that it's off pod? Shoot, go for it. I have all these people in mind who I would just propose you and you. Like, I'm pairing these people up. You don't know you, or you don't know him, or you don't know her, but you guys start a podcast. Whatever you come up with, do 10 episodes and send them all to me. Send me all the raw of all these episodes, right? I'm going to give you some guidelines of what I think this should work out to be. So I do that five times with all these people that I know from the internet because maybe the beauty of creative content these days is that you can kind of pick and choose who you want to talk to. And and furthermore, you can with with certain outlets such as Twitter, Instagram, whatever, you can talk to people who would otherwise in real life be untouchable, maybe, if that's a way to say it. So are you proposing kind of a matchmaker chat roulette for podcasts? 
Kind of, except for <laughs> I'm I'm fully matchmaking. I'm matchmaking, and we are hosting everyone on our own platform, which is the twenty nine twenty eight media. Let's call. I mean, let's use one of our 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 side pod. Yeah, twenty nine twenty eight media really works, doesn't it? Yeah, I think overall that'll be the best jumping off point. And Brand, then everyone, branding wise, and then everyone would be really confused and be like, "Well, is it twenty nine twenty? What is there? A, there's a podcast called twenty nine twenty eight. You know, in like ten years, people are like, holy shit, there's a podcast called twenty nine twenty eight. They're just discovering our podcast. <laughs> our, our media empire has done so well in the subsequent ten years that it completely eclipses the the the, the leaping off point. Is what you're saying? Yes. Will be buried by the success of other people's podcasts on our channel. <laughs> yes, that's what I want. <laughs> and then we pivot into the Ottoman Mile, and and then that becomes its own beauty. But we started here, and it was here first. You love this. This is such a good idea. I'm not against it. I think we gotta kick the can around a little bit there and uh, see what comes out. Maybe I start with one or two. I, there, there have been a couple that I've been. I have asked people recently, like, and not that we need like more media, but we need more focused media, and we need more like. Well, we can't say focused media from our standpoint, Lopez. We just ramble. Maybe which is why I desire to like have something that I listen to that isn't us. You know, because I do, there, there's a couple things. I There are some, like, of the podcasts that I really like, they're always f- super focused on di- and dynamic. Or they have, they have a detail that just brings it all together. Right? And it, it doesn't matter kind of what it is. We already have that, actually, I think. We are a <coughs> society and culture podcast. I'm pretty sure, because I don't. Know, we, I think I, put, I think I put us under like arts at some point. Arts and entertainment. I think there's some science. There's I, definitely. Oh, you, you just <laughs> dabbled in science. You're just like, well, it's one tick of science. I think I checked all those boxes when I was uh, applying for the <laughs> <laughs> two ticks of art and culture, three ticks of society and rebellion. Why am um, I why am I saying it like I'm like a dandy from the 1800s? <laughs> I don't know, just because you know you, uh, you you uh, I don't know want to have the mid Atlantic accent. Mm-hmm. My George Plimpton. Is that what it is? Is that who it is? That's that's who I know it from. The guy the from mid- the baseball documentary. Is it Ken Burns' basic baseball? Yeah, Ken Burns' baseball documentary has George Plimpton in it. Really? God, I've never seen that. You've never watched that? Dude, I've never watched anything by him. Oh, you ha- well, I mean, you definitely watch the baseball one, dude. Yeah, I mean, I should, right? Is it on something? Is it on, like, Netflix or whatever? It might be. It, it used to be. I don't know if it still is. Um, I used to have a download of it. I'll take a look. I, I might be able to send it to you. But it's, you know, it's nine two-hour episodes or something like that. It's huge. Nine two-hour episodes. He covers everything, and then, like, ten years later, he came back and did another one that filled in some more blanks. Jesus. 
Everyone said the cowboy one was good too. Was there a cowboy one? Uh, there was western music. I didn't see the western music one. Country oh, western. that's the one. Everyone said that was amazing. Prohibition was really good. That, really, I, I've always been really interested in that era, and that was that was really good. Uh, the Civil yeah. War one was fine. You know, yeah. it was it, I enjoyed it, but I'd prefer to watch the baseball one. Vietnam, I still haven't gotten through. Hmm. Yeah, I mean. <sighs> I, I think that I know enough people who have specialties. A- and I, I also have this other idea of like... I also have... So I have this idea of like kind of a car show. But I have the idea of a car show with a host who isn't me. You mean like a TV show, you're saying? No, it's a, it's in my mind, it's podcast form. Oh, podcast. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, I, it's just like I have this idea for a host... Or who I want to host. And then, like, it would be so easy to just get interviews of just normal people and their lives and their journeys. Um, I just feel like that would be so interesting um, in a way. So I'm giving all my million-dollar ideas out. You can listen to this later and and say and figure out if this is um Yeah, we'll worth... see how much, how much of the sauce we want to keep secret. Yeah, exactly. How much of the sauce you want to keep secret? It's amazing that that's allowed these days. Secret sauce? Yeah, it's amazing that you're allowed to keep um, secrets of ingredients on certain stuff due to uh, fucking copyright whatever. Did you ever notice that? Like, sometimes things are just, like, secret? Yeah, I mean, but I think they still need to give that to the fda or whatever if it's food you know i I mean i guess but anyway we fucking killed it tonight wow in and out man this is uh this has been 2928 digital not to be mistaken with 2928 media (laughs) right or the thousand other 2928s that apparently also exist everyone listening 10 years from now this is the podcast that started it all yep and this is where uh, we incubated that that little little nugget of uh, of the media empire that, that you know us as now. That's true. And we're I would like to work right out of but uh, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina. What? Oh, Charlotte, North Carolina. Is that where we all move? I don't know. I'm trying to think of small town. We're working all out of Huxby, Colorado. I think I'd rather be in North Carolina than Colorado. Well, I'd rather be in Colorado. Yeah, the southwestern part of Colorado is amazing. Yeah, that was a really nice place. Montrose and all those places down there. I'd go back. Yeah. Uh, I would like to say thank you to all the new listeners. If you've gotten through this far of the podcast, Um, definitely keep listening. Reach out. Um, We have stickers. If anyone's interested in them, Still just uh, just uh, get at us some way. Uh, it's 2928.digital on both Instagram and uh, Twitter. And it is 2928.digital at gmail.com if you want to email us. Um, and there we do have a lot of new listeners, it seems. And thanks for listening. We really appreciate it. Here I come, here I come, the number one champion. Gunslinger, teeth, tingling, the ring, and the Drop the balls like Vietnam Boom, goes the can of stick in the mud Slide
Lisa It's thought to slam and up gush Because I'm about to bust crush the ducks into dust up Enough to bust the guts and still be dental Sentimental to D or Mother's Day No bother, fully loaded clip Mac in the grip for the father Pirate of the lyrical seas Without the beat of pan Got the fat hook, so look why she's the man Beaming in your neighborhood Like Kurt, hit a fresh skin And I'm in the wind, swim and murk I'm picture perfect, cool to get the kind of brother With the braids from the root Mercenary in the heart since the fade from a new sap But move down the barriers I'm now I'm loose Busting through the roof with the point and half troops With the logic like a Vulcan Huffin' and puffin' up and puffin' pull the house in The squealin' record dealin' punk didn't let me in But underground, travelin' the earth, learnin' my worth Keepin' a mental state, then straight till I burst On a radical tip, I flip the script with the task rip Stick up, stick up, that old fits I fashion Shake up the car like a quake in Cali Droppin' balls like Farrakhan in a cell Help rally, got him hype Think the crowd's right for the blower So I go back, pow, I Keep it going with the bounce Come on, Take a listen, your mind if you bring it, ships on the low 
Cause my vote sweats the nutsack daily Roots run deeper than Alex Haley's The bomb, baby Crazy nigga from the set Lafayette Fed Ready to get you wet with the tech Step for step Running with the best Never stress a contest Cause nothing but conquest When I wreck Shot Bodies happen to the rhythm of the clock Murder one Two Three Then the pop Hit em up Smooth em out Break em down Roll em out The rhyme array The code Fucking up shop Midnight Stalker, Grave Digger Nigga Bar. 